This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 84 with Nikki Klosser. Show notes for this episode can be found if you hop on over to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 84. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Nikki Klosser is a Seattle, Washington and Plymouth, Michigan-based photographer. Nikki takes the stress out of having your photo taken. You might think that you aren't photogenic or that you hate having your picture taken, but she promises you that her photo shoots are easy and fun and it will be an experience you will never forget. And in the end, you will finally have photos of yourself that you truly love. Nikki was born and raised in Michigan, but she now lives in, in Seattle. She has studios in both locations, and she does dream photo shoots for women anywhere in the world they want. Nikki had the honor of being trained by world-renowned photographer Sue Bryce. Nikki is grateful every day that she has a career that she loves and that allows her to spend time with her precious family. I met Nikki about a year ago when I did a photo shoot with her, so she came really highly recommended to me, and when I learned that she had trained under Sue Bryce, it was like an easy decision for me, so I had already been a fan of Sue Bryce's, which I'll talk a little bit about in this episode. And so when I knew the two were connected, I was like, yes, sign me up. And then I went to Nikki's site and I saw all these really cool things that she does to make a photo shoot, just a really empowering, memorable experience for women. So I was really pumped. And honestly, it was such a life-giving experience. So I met Nikki at her studio and she was, I think, three or four months pregnant at the time. And I told her, I said, hey, I'm going to be starting this podcast for moms. And once you have your baby, you have to come on my podcast. Because when Nikki and I were talking during my photo shoot, we had both, we had a lot of similarities. We had both come from a background working with in social work and serving others in that way. She was madly in love with her career, as was I. And, you know, we were both talking about like, how do you juggle motherhood and career if you really love your work and it doesn't feel like work and you just want to do it like 24 hours a day? And where do you fit a baby in there? So we had all these really common things to talk about having just met. And we literally like, I feel like we could have just talked the day away while she did my photo shoot. And it was such a fun experience. So I felt like I made a new friend, but I also got these gorgeous photos out of the whole, um, experience. And I felt amazing. And when she showed me the pictures afterwards, I was just blown away. So it was a really, really cool experience. So I knew I wanted to wait for Nikki to become a mom. So she had her baby. And then I had to like wait it out till she'd be ready for an interview. And so we finally got to do that. And you will be hearing our interview today. So Nikki's little boy is now five months old. So she will talk about her transition into motherhood, which happened unexpectedly four or five weeks before her due date with a rushed appointment 
which happened earlier than it was intended to when she was admitted to the hospital before her baby was full term. Uh, She will also talk about her first mama bear moment, which happened right after delivery, just seconds after her son was born. We will talk about how she and her husband envisioned and created the lifestyle that they have with their son, Van. So they live in two locations and they have this whole life plan that they're already living out with their son at just five months of how they can travel with him and see the world in the way that they want to while having this little guy in tow. Nikki also is going to dive deep into her work and how she manages work and motherhood and how carefully she dives into the two, but does not let them converge. She also will share what she sees through her lens when she photographs a woman. And she's going to share why she thinks every woman deserves a lavish photo shoot and gorgeous photos of themselves. So this episode was such a treat because I met Nikki before she was a mom, but knew she had to come on the show as soon as she'd had a little time in motherhood. So I'm really excited to dive in with Nikki Klosser. Nikki Klosser, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so honored that you're having me on. I'm excited. This is fun because when I met you, and now I'm trying to remember how long ago, it might have been, gosh, it might have almost been a year ago. I think it's more than a year ago. Because you you were in my studio in Ballard. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been almost a year. Oh my gosh, time goes so fast. But at the time you were pregnant and I said, hey, I'm going to do this podcast thing. I'll totally have to interview you. And and here we are. No, I'm so proud of you. You've done so awesome with it. Oh my gosh, I'm proud of you because we had some fun conversation that day about motherhood and business ownership and entrepreneurship. And we both, um, I think we come from a very similar place in terms of really loving our work and trying to figure out like, how can we also love our like family life and being a mom without our work being compromised? So I'm excited to talk about that today. Yes, I am as well. I could talk about it all day. (laughs) I know. I know. It's fun. And there's so much to cover when you add the dynamic of a new baby. (laughs) And so... So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. Sure. So my husband and I were both born and raised in Michigan, and we moved to Seattle eight years ago. And when we decided to have a baby, it was kind of like, oh, we love living in Seattle, but we love our family as well. And, you know, the grandparents are not really excited about us not having our son there in Michigan. So we decided we wanted to find a way to make it work that we could kind of be both places. And what that looks like now is I have a photo studio in Michigan as well. And so we try to travel our goal now that we have Van and now that he's old enough to travel is to go back once a month for a week. And then I can do work while I'm there and the grandparents can see Van and we can just kind of make it work that way. It's interesting transition, but so far so good are people who love to travel in general. So it's just, you know, travel is a good lifestyle. Yeah, that is impressive. I did not commit to much travel at all when Vinny was really little because I was so terrified. But I love that you're just doing it because the more you do it, the easier and more natural I think it becomes. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm told at least. Yeah. yeah. So you have your studio here in Seattle Mm -hmm. and then your studio in Michigan and you shoot at both studios. I do. And Van, he's five months old now. And oh my gosh, I'm going to make sure we link up like Facebook pages and everything here because he is just the cutest and everyone needs to go look at, go stalk him after, after this interview. We'll make sure we get all those links up at shamelessmom.com. You guys can hop over to episode 84 here with Nikki to see those pictures of adorable little Van. So before Van was born, your work was your baby. And this is the conversation we had when you did my lovely shoot. And by the way, the headshot that you guys see in like all my social media stuff is all, all Nikki's work, all my social media pages. It's Nikki's photography. So, <laughs> so before you had Van, your work was your baby, much like my gym was my baby before I had Vinny. So tell us about this transition into motherhood. Yeah, you know, I was terrified to have a baby. I mean, I'll be honest. I love being a photographer so much and I'm a total workaholic. And I think I'm a workaholic because I love what I do. When I think back to when I was a social worker, I did that as my previous career. I was not a workaholic. Like I would (laughs) count down the days until I didn't have to work. And now I get excited that I do get to work every day. And it's when I would talk with people about, okay, you know, we're thinking about having a baby, but I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to work as much and be my workaholic self because it's, you know, I love what I do. And people would be like, oh, you know, don't worry, you won't want to work as much and your priorities will change. And 
you know, things will just shift so that you just won't want to work as much. And I remember thinking, that's not what I want. I don't want to not work as much. I don't want to all of a sudden stop loving my career as much, you know, and it scared me. And I remember having this conversation with you and how you were making it work. And that was an inspiration to me, but I just, I didn't want to not want to work. (laughs) So I waited a long time to even attempt to have a baby because I was afraid that it really would compromise my business. I've never, you know, kind of been that woman that I have to have kids and that sort of thing. But now that I do have him, I'm wondering why I waited so long. (laughs) And like, why was I making it such a drama? And of course, it's life changing, but you make it work, you step up to the plate. Yeah, you know, and I get to still do what I love and still be a workaholic, but also be a really good mom while I'm doing it. So I'm just kind of trying to like, work all of that out. Right. And it's change. I mean, you probably have already seen this, but it changes a lot as your baby changes. And so you know, what works for you, like when the baby's teeny tiny, doesn't work so much even as they get onto like a routine schedule, right. which you'll probably notice that like between like six and nine months, like you'll have these like little shifts where you're like, okay, now how do we do this? Like, it never gets set in stone. Oh, you know, it's so funny that you say that because I remind myself all the time that I need to continue, you know, obviously Van is of course my number one, Van and Dan, my husband and our dog are my number one. Absolutely. And when I think about how I can incorporate my business into this life that I have now, I remind myself that I have to nurture my business. And, you know, I worked extremely hard to grow a successful business. And if you don't continue nurturing it, it's not going to continue to grow. But when you say how it's going to evolve and change as van changes and that sort of thing, I think it's so important if something's not working to change it. Like if, If I'm like, okay, you know, the last couple months, maybe I haven't gotten as many referrals or my sales dipped a little bit. What am I doing wrong and how am I going to change it to make it better? Okay. So for example, one thing that wasn't working out was I'm not the person who gets up at the crack of dawn and, (laughs) you know, makes my oatmeal and has my outfit laid out. Like that's just not me. Like getting out the door in the morning, even before having a baby was always a struggle for me. And I used to think how in the world am I going to get out the door with Van, with a baby. (laughs) Because my first experience with a nanny is I was taking him there three mornings a week. Oh, wow. And I was near meltdown every day trying to pump and get his bottles in the cooler and get his diaper bag ready. And I'd have to wake him up from a nap and it wasn't working. And I realized that, you know, pretty much right away. And instead of just getting upset and how am I going to make this work? I just changed it. I just thought, you know what, this isn't working. I need to find someone to come to my house. And now it's so much easier and it just, I had to make that change. Yeah. Good for you. One of the things I've said this on a couple episodes now, but like a million people give you advice and Vinny had a lot of feeding issues as a really tiny baby. And I got a lot of advice when I was really struggling that I was just, a lot of people were like, it's just a phase, love him while, you know, snuggle with him while he's tiny. And I was just like, shut up. Like, they're like, you're going to miss these moments. I'm like, no, I'm not. But people, people said, they're like, just do what works for you until it doesn't work for you anymore. And don't worry about what other people's judgment of the situation. And I think that's such a great example that like something wasn't working. So you changed it to something that is working. And now you can do that for as long as it works. And then there might be a time when that doesn't work anymore. And then you switch it again. And so it's just this constant like checking in of how's it going? Is it working? Do we need to change things or switch it upside down? So yeah, I think that's really, really crucial. Tell us a little bit about Van's introduction to the world because he made quite an entrance. And I'm sure that really impacted your transition your transition into being a working mom and an entrepreneur mom. Right. So I had it, (laughs) we think we can plan it. I had it planned out so that I would have two weeks prior to my due date with nothing scheduled. And I can't remember a time that I didn't work for two days in a row. So having this two weeks was like, you know, a big deal. I was going to finish the nursery and just, you know, I had so much planned that I was going to do. Well, four weeks prior to his due date, we went in for an ultrasound. They knew he was going to be small, but they didn't know if it's just because my husband and I were small babies and we're short people or if there was something wrong with him. And in my heart, I knew he was going to be okay. But, you know, of course, it's scary when they tell you that. So we went in four weeks prior for the ultrasound and the doctor said, I'm going to need to admit you. And I was like, admit me thinking like, oh, like next week or something. And I was like, oh, when? And she said, right now. And I was like, now, as in like right now, because I have wedding to shoot on Saturday and I'm supposed to do a photo shoot in like 20 minutes. Like, I like wouldn't even like hear what she was telling me. <laughs> and then finally I looked at Dan and I was like, well, I guess we're having a baby today. 
we were just staring at each other like, is this really happening? And so what happened was he wasn't growing nearly as much as he was supposed to be. And so they admitted me that night and they ended up, I was hoping to still have a vaginal birth, but his heart rate kept dropping every time I was having a contraction. They were giving me medication to prep my cervix. And so every time his heart rate would drop, it was making them more and more nervous. And so the doctor came in and said, I'm going to give it another half an hour and see how he does. And we might need to do a C-section, which I was totally fine with. And then she left and within like two or three minutes, the door busted open and the team came in and said, we need to go now. And they threw Dan the scrubs and we went and had the C-section. And I I looked at Dan and I said, you know what? We're not going to freak out right now. Like, it's not fair to this boy that we're about to bring into the world. If I bring him into the world with fear and anxiety, you know, I'm bringing this baby into the world with love. So I'm closing my eyes and I'm (laughs) in my happy place. And I just, I got this like beautiful vision of my husband teaching Van how to surf when he was like five or six years old on the beach. And every time I started to really stress out, I would just close my eyes and go to that place and just watch him surf. And when he came out, you know, I heard his cry. And as soon as I heard him cry, I expected them to put him right on my chest, Sarah. And when they started taking him away from me, instead of towards me, I flipped out. Oh my gosh. Screaming, bring me my baby. Like it was so, it was, you know, obviously just such an intense moment, you know? Yeah. So they had given him to the NICU doctor and the NICU doctor, when I started screaming, yelled back, he looks great. He's okay. He looks great. We just need to cut the cord. Like, come on over dad. And so Dan cut the cord and then they brought him over to me and yeah, he was just, he was little, he was three pounds, 11 ounces and he's totally healthy now and he's great. And he's a little chub chub and (laughs) yeah. So, but it was scary there for a while. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy how quickly that mama bear instinct kicks in where you're like, I'm in my Zen happy place. And then you're like, Oh wait, something's being threatened here. Like screw the Zen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Give me my baby. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So so you were in, and how long was he in the hospital? So he was in the NICU for three weeks and that was, I basically cried for three weeks straight, just wanting to take him home and just wanting him, you know, to be okay to take home. So once he was able to eat on his own, 100% of the time and that sort of thing is when we finally were able to bring him home after three weeks. So it was intense. I love what you shared about bringing him into the world with like joy and love and hope rather than fear totally made me tear up because I think that when you are in those moments, like it's so easy to go to that place of fear and think of like all the what ifs and Mm -hmm. finding that Zen place and thinking of something that you're going to envision for the future and all those things. That's such an amazing and powerful perspective. I'm going to remember that the next time I'm about to freak out about something. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about the transition. How much time did you plan to take off work? And then what did that actually end up looking like? Six weeks. So in my mind, he was going to come home from the hospital and we were going to have six weeks at home, you know, no working, just getting adjusted to having a baby. And then I would pick back up again and start working. And I kind of left it open where it could possibly be eight weeks, but six weeks is what I had envisioned. I'm kind of, I mean, my husband has a great job, but I'm more of a breadwinner than he is at this point. So I just didn't, and plus I love what I do. So I didn't really want to take off a whole lot of time and having the flexibility of being self-employed is I knew that I didn't have to do full-time daycare. Mm -hmm. So that helped too. Reality, what ended up happening is I obviously did not work at all that three weeks that he was in the hospital. And also for the first two weeks that he was home, I didn't work. And then I needed to reschedule the photo shoots that I had had scheduled from having him early. So I did do those. And then just after the two weeks that he was home, I would just went back to work pretty quickly and just got right back into it. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, 
which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And remind me, you moved your studio from so Nikki's in Seattle here and you were near my house originally. You were near Ballard. And then did you move to a studio near your home or in your home? It's in West Seattle. So we live in okay. White Center now and okay. house in White Center and our, the studio is in West Seattle now. Okay. Okay. I saw something on Facebook on it when you were converting. It's a, it looks like a gorgeous space. It is. I've actually moved twice. I had one oh. studio in West Seattle and we found out two days after Van was born that oh my they gosh. were going to raise, or we only signed a six month lease, my makeup artist and I. And when the lease was up, after six months, they wanted to raise the rent significantly, like several hundred dollars a month. And so that was two days after I had Van. Of course, that's when those things happen. Yeah, that was fun. But you know what? Everything worked out and, and I found another new space that we love and it is, it's gorgeous and we've made it our own and it's fun. And then you opened your Michigan space mm-hmm. at the very end of your pregnancy. So what was that? Tell us about that. I did in May. When I was going home, when I say going home, that obviously Seattle's my home, but my previous home and people would want to book shoots. And I, I didn't really have a space to do it. And I thought, you know what, I'm really kind of missing out on some good business here and how great when Van does come to the world that I could take him home to his grandparents and our family. We have a village in Michigan. We have nobody in Seattle <laughs> that I could work and make it lucrative as well as having him around family. So awesome. me, prior to having him in June, I opened up the studio there. So you did that at the very end of your pregnancy. I did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So you've had like all these professional transitions at the same time of having the most significant transition of your personal life. Totally. You know, I do have to say, though, that I did spend several years prior to getting pregnant, really setting the foundation for my business and growing it. And like you said, it was my baby, you know, and yeah. so I felt pretty prepared Yeah. when I did have him that I have you know, a strong basis for my business. I think that helped. 
Yeah, that makes a big difference. And that's, I've always said that that was like one of the blessings of our infertility journey is that it took us two years to get pregnant and it gave me two years to like put all these things in place so that once Vinny was here, I didn't have to be at my gym all the time. So it was kind of this like blessing in disguise because if it had happened earlier, it would have been a lot more chaotic and stressful and I would have had to be much more hands on at the gym. And Vinny was a baby that I had to be with full time because of his feeding issues and I was trying to nurse, which was kind of a disaster. But so it would have just been so much more stressful if I had had to be connected at the gym. So stressful, the feeding issues for you like that was horrible. Wow, like how was nursing for you? You know, at first they told me I could only try breastfeeding him once a day. And I wasn't okay with they probably hated me. I was just like, Nope, I'm going to try more often because that's what I think he needs. And nice. He did really, really well with it. Although when we first brought him home, kind of all hell broke loose. And we were like, what happened to our calm, like, you know, baby, it turns out he had a tongue tie. So he was working really hard and wasn't transferring enough milk. And once we got that taken care of, he had the little procedure to have his tongue tie clipped. Mm -hmm. And he takes a bottle, he nurses, but I mostly nurse at night and in the early mornings. And then during the day, we give him a bottle just to make sure he's getting as much because I'm still a little skeptical that he's able to get as much as he needs. And with how little he was, I just get right. Yeah. Well, and it's like this fear of and what so many people told me when I was going through all this nursing stuff is people are like, you know, he's gonna grow, he's gonna thrive, like, don't panic, you'll get through it. And again, I was like, this is not helpful. And now it's funny, because it was literally like, that was the most stressful thing I've ever gone through in my life was like trying to feed my child. And I couldn't like, it was the only thing I focused on for like six months. And it was it was so overwhelming. And it really like, I feel like I have PTSD from like how overwhelming that first year was because of a lot of that. Did you nurse that whole time then, that whole six months? So I nursed, I think I weaned him around seven months. So the first four months I nursed exclusively, but I also, because I had really low production, I was supposed to pump after every nursing session but he wasn't getting much food. So I was having to nurse every two hours and then pump. And so by the time, and then sometimes I would try to pump like in between the two hours. So I was just constant, like I did not get off my couch for four months. Like my body hurt from just like sitting. And then he was unhappy because he was never fully full. Right. And so he would like, he would finish nursing and be screaming bloody That's murder been through. And it was so, we were like, what is going on? And my doctor kept telling me it was colic. And I'm like, it's not colic. I know my mother's instinct is for me. It is not colic. Something else is wrong. And I didn't know that he wasn't getting enough food. Right, right. So we could tell, well, and I would know, like, they, my doctor would be like, well, you need to pump after every time you nurse him. So I was like, I can't set him down long enough to pump. Like, I can't set him down for 20 minutes because he's screaming. I'm not going to, I will not produce milk if he's screaming while I'm trying to pump. Like, she's like, go in a dark room and like, be nice and relaxed. And then you'll get more milk when you <laughs> pump. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. And I was like, no, like, and pump. Oh, I hated pumping. So, and then I was pumping during the night. So I was pumping, like, you know, I would set my alarm. So he started sleeping like four to six hours, but I would still get up and pump every two hours. So I was getting no sleep and it was just horrible. The first, when he was in the hospital for three weeks, I was pumping every three hours and pumping was one of the hardest parts, but, and I still pump three to four times a day. I mean, it's, it's hard. And we did start supplementing with formula because for some reason, my supply just started dropping a little bit and I was putting so much pressure and stress on myself because I was still pumping, you know, five times a day. Now I'm down to three or four. And then we give him a formula bottle either once or twice a day, depending. Right. It's just formula from Germany. My friend did all this research on different. Oh, cool. It has the least amount of ingredients in it. And so it's more. That's awesome. So we started supplementing it about four months and it was like a game changer. And I was, I don't feel bad about it. I'm like, <laughs> why did I wait so long? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we look at pictures of Vinny. We took like monthly pictures and we would look at his pictures from like when he was two months and his like poor skull is like hollow around his like forehead. And then we look at like five months, six months and he's like a different child. We feel like horrible. <laughs> oh, you were just doing the best you knew at the time. Totally, you know, totally. Thing. Yeah, it's very, very stressful. So. So how are things evolving then? Because Van is needing, I mean, he still needs you a ton. He's only five months old, but he's getting probably more on a routine. And now you have a nanny coming in three days a week. So how is like, do you feel like you have kind of a set structure now or is it still fluctuating and evolving? We're getting there. (laughs) We're getting there for sure. So with her coming three days a week, that five hours each time, it's still not enough time. I mean, I have a full-time job, at least a 40 hour a week, and that doesn't give me a whole lot of time. So my husband started taking Fridays off, which has really helped. And we're able to do that, which is so great. So now I can have that Friday to work as well. 
you know, it's kind of, I'm so grateful to have such a supportive partner. I mean, it's 50, 50, we're both mom, we're both dad. Like he, that's kind of ridiculous, but (laughs) I know what you mean. You know, we, I pump. So he washes bottles. Like we just have a really good tag team sort of thing. So when he gets home at three 30, it's van time for him. And then I get back to work and you know, it's a balance of making sure we're taking care of our own relationship, our marriage as well, and making sure we're spending time together. And it's not just always about van. So, you know, sometimes we'll open a bottle of wine and play darts after he goes to bed in the garage, you know, we just like that way. But, you know, I have to be more intentional with my time. So if I am feeding van or just spending time with him, I aim to be totally present and not thinking about what I need to do or looking at my phone. And same with when it's time to work, I look at my work as my other baby. So when it's time to work, I need to lock myself away. I need to go to my studio to work because otherwise, you know how it is. Like I look over and Van's just staring at me smiling and I'm like, well, how do you resist that? And then the next thing I've lost the 20 minutes of the hour that I gave myself to write blogs, you know? So it's, it's just being really intentional with my time, which I've never done before. This is all new to me. Yeah, you have to be very intentional and deliberate, which is hard if you are someone who loves working and you're used to just like, oh, I'm just going to work like 12 to 14 hours today, no big deal. Like the time just flies by. Having to be really intentional with every minute, every hour is a totally different ballgame. And it feels, I felt like it felt very restricting at first, where I was like, oh, I can only work until like four, or I only have the nanny till three, or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. It felt like really restrictive. Yeah. um, Because I liked working till 8 p.m. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like I have a, it's getting better because I remind myself that I'm going to get things done. I always do. So why am I making it? It's almost like this claustrophobic feeling of like, how am I going to get it all done? And when am I going to get it all done? So writing it down and, and having more of a structure for me has been really helpful, which I've never had in my life. Like I've just never been that. I mean, I waited until I was 39 to have a baby. I did <laughs> when I wanted, I have an independent husband. I'm super independent. Like then all of a sudden it's like, okay, that doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. Structure, routine, lists. <laughs> totally. That's so funny. So what do you love most about being a mom so far? I love taking care of him and just talking to him and watching him discover his world. I mean, he just is like, like snuggly, happy little dude who just like he giggled for the first time last night. And it was, <laughs> he was dying. And it had to do with my dog. He was laughing at the dog. And it was just the best. Just seeing him giggle. And I've never been a baby person. You know, I'm always like, it's a baby. Like, it just doesn't. But when it, that sounds bad. When it's, no, I know what you mean, though. It's my totally true. My nephews are my best friend's babies. It's right. one thing. But I've never been the person who's like, let me hold the baby. But I'll tell right. you what, man, when it's your own, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just the coolest thing. You know, my heart just bursts open looking at him. Yeah, there's so much like magic. And I feel like even when you have like really bad days, you're like, if you have one little magic moment, Mm -hmm. then it's like you can that can fuel you for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah, or like sleeping right now, we're going through like the four month sleep regression. regression. Things have gotten way, way better. But we had a period where putting him down for a nap was probably one of the stressful, most stressful things I've ever had to do in my life. And this was happening multiple times a day because he has to nap, you know? Yeah. And (laughs) he would like, I'd finally get him to sleep after like 20 minutes of rocking him in my arms, which we no longer do. We've changed that. But he would sleep for five minutes and then I'd hear him wake up and I would just be like, oh, like, oh, no. And I would walk in and he would just be smiling at me. And I'm like, God, I love you. Like, (laughs) you know, you just can't be mad. Right, right. Oh my gosh. He's such a cutie. I lo- I'm like, I feel like after we talk, I need to go look at your Facebook pictures. <laughs> so what have you learned about professional and personal balance since you've become a mom? You know, again, I think it's just more about being intentional with my time and also putting down work when it's family time and putting down family when it's work time <laughs> Yeah, and not totally. blending so much of the two. You know, I think prior to having Van, I could, Dan and I could watch a movie together and I could work and edit while we were watching the movie. And, you know, I think it's time to stop doing that and just really focusing on one thing at a time. Be present wherever you are. Yeah. My, you know, my mentor has helped me with that too. My mentor, her name, Sue Bryce, and she has really helped me to find balance and yeah, just having more, again, it just goes and goes back to being really intentional with my time. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, we're going to talk about more specifically about some of your photography and some of your work with women, because I found you, so you came recommended to me through multiple women, through a women's networking group that I was a part of. But when I 
heard your name and went to your website, I saw, oh, you have been mentored by Sue Bryce. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Sue Bryce, she's this amazing photographer. And she spoke in an event. We actually spoke at the same event a few years ago. And when I listened to her speak, I was just like, I'm in love with this woman. She's so cool. And she has such an amazing story. And she's an amazing speaker. And she's just really inspirational. And and the way she works with women, I think is really transformational. And in her photography, and just the way she speaks about women and her experiences in the world as a woman as well. So when I saw you were you were mentored by her, I was like, Oh, I'm for sure gonna go see Nikki, because I had had a few other photographer names given to me when I was asking for professional photographers. And so I was so excited to come see you because I was like, if she has like a little piece of Sue Bryce in her, like she will be an amazing person. And of course I found that you did like, you totally have like you and Sue Bryce like share, you share the same blood. She taught me everything I know. The other day she called me her protege and I was like, Oh God, thank you. (laughs) No, you guys are awesome. She's incredible. Just even, you know, again, like you said, if you don't know who she is, SueBryce.com, she is just most amazing person and just so smart and so compassionate and just such an amazing creator. And I've learned everything from her when it comes to my business. And, you know, I've, I've been able to grow as my own photographer and put my own spin on it, my own style, but the fundamentals of having a business and learning my own value and my self value has been huge learning that I deserve to be successful and it's okay for me to make money. And I'm not a bad person. If I, you know, have a nice house or, you know, she has taught me how to really feel like it's okay to be successful and and get rid of those things in my childhood that made me feel like I didn't deserve to be successful. Right. So I'm indebted to her. I mean, she's just, yeah. We both come from a background working in social work and generally like, you know, in everything that you've done professionally and everything I've done professionally, it's all about serving people. Mm -hmm. And there can be this like, very awkward barrier with money because if you come from a place of feeling like you are your role is to serve others then it feels like it's in conflict to also want to make a certain amount of money or be like you know very financially independent as in addition to that like it seems it can often feel like you can't have both or that it's selfish to have the money if you're serving other people and i think you've kind of blasted through that barrier <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly that's really thanks to sue helping me with that because she had said to me you know what do you want for your son? You have a son now. What do you want for him? And I was like, I want a little cottage on a lake that he can swim and catch frogs. And, you know, I want to be able to take him around the world. Dan and I are world travelers and that's what we want to do. And she's like, well, how are you going to do that if you don't have money? Think about it as when you're making money, you're making money to have the life that you want and to right, your son. Right. You're not, you know, greedy or whatever. You, you get to have that life that you want. Yeah. So that changed everything for me, that thought process. Yeah, which is so significant. And I think so significant for women, because I think it's like kind of just natural for men. <laughs> like They're just like, yeah, I want to make the money. And oftentimes with women, we're like, well, I don't know, maybe like, I kind of feel bad. <laughs> totally. Oh, so. so when you work with women, you really create magic for them. And how do you, what is your process? And how do you go about making your shoots so transformative for women? You know, I bet you nine out of 10 of my clients come in saying they don't feel photogenic. They hate having their photos taken. They're not good in front of the camera. And I get that. I don't like having my photo taken either. And so I have to remind them and, you know, and and make them feel comfortable with knowing that it's not up to you to be good in front of the camera. It's my job to pose you and direct you and tell you exactly what to do so that you don't have to worry or stress. You get your hair and makeup done. And it's all based on your style. I want you to look like you and just the best version of you. And it's one of those things where I can give an experience to people that, that they don't forget, you know, and in the end, you have photos that you love and that you can use for business or, you know, I get to like create family heirlooms for people. And I've had some of my clients say that they have actually made money because of their photos, which, you know, might sound a little crazy, but if you have a really great professional photo, and you're competing with a sea of other realtors or insurance agents or whatever, often the first time, the first thing someone sees is your photo, whether they go to your yeah. website or they look at your business card and how are you representing yourself? Right. So it's definitely a transformational type experience, but it's, you know, it's still you and it's still your style and who you are, you know, and I just love bringing the best out of people. It's just, yeah. it's awesome. 
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. You're really good at it. And to the point of making money off the photos, I think that especially for women who are their own brand. And so, you know, sometimes that that can be in the case of a real estate agent or in my situation, it's, you know, as a gym owner and as, as a podcaster, I know that when people come to my social media pages and they come to my website and all this stuff, when they see this really great picture of me, I look super, like I look professional. I look like I take good care of myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I should try to do my hair like that more often because <laughs> I want to, I need to look a little more like that photo on a regular basis. But, but it's really important that it, it can be someone's first encounter with you. And that's where that first impression gets formed. And so I think that you totally make money on that, not from a materialistic standpoint, but from the standpoint of like people take you seriously as a professional. Right. And so when people go to my website or my social media pages, they see that like, this isn't a selfie as my profile picture. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But if you are trying to work in a certain direction with other people, and you're a lot of that is online, there's a totally a place for that really powerful professional photo where you look like you just totally have your shit together, even if you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing, Sarah, is that a lot of times people will be like, well, what am I going to do with these photos of myself? It's almost like people feel like they're vain if they come to get a photo shoot. And I'll tell you what, why not celebrate who we are? Like think about back in the day, our grandmothers, great grandma, people used to sit for portraits. Like there is nothing wrong. These photos are going to live longer than we are. So yeah. why not have photos that you love and you know that you're proud of and that your kids can look back on? Like we all have that one portrait of our mother or our father or somebody, you know, that we really love. And it's like, I don't know. I'm just like, why not just celebrate who we are at every stage in life? And, you know, people like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, well, don't worry. I have good posing and angles. You do. Oh, my gosh. I walked away with so many secrets after our shoot. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the point, you know, really the point is, is it's like we should celebrate who we are now and just embrace it. And, you know, I don't know. I like doing that. And and when people say they want just headshots, I always try to talk people into bringing, you know, a dress or just doing, um, you know, a fun portrait to give to your partner or your kids or just to have for you. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just fun. I just love it. If you can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. It's a really, it's a powerful experience. And it's funny because when I went in, I've never had my, I mean, I didn't even have my makeup done for my wedding. I like went to the mat counter and had someone do my makeup and then I bought a whole bunch of makeup to replicate it on my wedding day. And then I ended up not using half of it and returning it because I was like, this is too expensive. I'm not spending all this money on makeup. Yeah. So so to come in and have my hair and makeup done with you and with, I think, was it Catherine or Katie? Katie, yeah. Katie. So when Katie did my hair and makeup and she did such a great job and I was, 
it was just this really cool experience. And it's funny, I was so glad that it wasn't like an optional thing. You were just like, we're doing your hair and makeup. Because I would have totally been like, no, 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 I'll do it myself. It's fine. And it was just all, it was all part of it. And it was so great and so cool. And then after that, I knew going into the experience, I was like, I really only, I can't remember. I thought I wanted one picture, but I was like, well, I'll get like a package. I think you had an option of for like five or 10 shots. And I was like, well, I'll get the five package. Like I don't need more than five photos of myself. And then when we did the reveal, which we did, you showed me all the pictures we did over Skype and you had going through these pictures and like every single picture. And you probably showed me like maybe 30 or 40. Is it that about? Yeah. Yeah. I usually show about 30. Oh my gosh. Every single one. I was like, well, I mean, I want that one and I want that one (laughs) and that one. (laughs) Like they were all so good. And it was this weird experience of like, holy cow, like I look like that. In addition to like, how am I going to justify having all of these photos of myself. Like, what will I do with them? But I ended up getting 10 because I couldn't narrow. There's no way I could narrow it down to five. Yeah. You can use them for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Keeps it looking fresh too when you swap out your photo and it right. gets, it brings traction to your business page. People love when you change your profile picture. Yeah. So yeah, I actually um, used one recently for an announcement on Instagram about something. And like, I got like way more likes than normal. And it wasn't because of the announcement. It was because of the photo. Yeah. Oh, people are so such visual, you know, people love it. And I love photographing you. Like I always, when I like look through my lens, it sounds kind of probably cheesy, but I see certain things about women that are just each person that is just so beautiful. And I just remember for you, the connection that you have in your eyes and how you were able to like, it sounds so cheesy, but give me that like smile through your eyes without even having to smile. You did so great with that. And I just remember like your hair color and your skin tone. And you know, those are things that I really loved about you. And with each woman, I see different things that I love. You know, having someone in front of my camera, it's a very vulnerable position for them to be in, you know, putting, (laughs) you know, they're trusting me. And I just, I love looking and finding my favorite things about that person. You know, it's just so great. Yeah. So when I did the shoot with you, I kind of felt like a spy because I was noticing, and I think this is the personal trainer in me, but I noticed the way that you cued with words and it was super intentional. I mean, I'm assuming it was super intentional on your part, but there was a lot of like, you were really flattering the whole time and really positive. And so I've, you know, I can't even remember the last time I had, I have had professional pictures done and everyone's always encouraging and positive, but you did it in a way that was like, it was subtle enough that I wasn't like, she's just making that up. But it also was powerful enough that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really cool and really fun. And I'm totally into it. And I felt like that's a lot of times at the gym, like we're trying to create experiences like that for people where you want to like convey like, yes, you are strong and you can do more than you think you can do, Mm -hmm. but you need someone to tell you that in the moment and then you do it. Right. And that's totally what you did. You make people feel at ease and then you also make them feel like a supermodel. Oh, thank you. That's my goal. I mean, I kind of have this rule where whatever comes out of my mouth needs to be genuine because yeah. I need them to feel I'm a big energy person. Like I feel like I can feel people's energy pretty well. And even if the other person in the room with me or who I'm shooting doesn't know what they're feeling or why they're picking up on my energy and it has to be genuine when it comes out of my mouth. So I think that that yeah. That's important. And then also like with the cues, when you were saying Mm -hmm. that comes down to my training with Sue of how to make every woman, regardless of body type or, you know, anything look really great through posing and with my lens choice and all those things. And so, you know, I've had people say, I heard you say chin forward and down in my sleep last night. (laughs) It's micro movements. It's micro movements and it's micro expressions that you have to know to look for. And that can make the difference. One tiny subtle movement can make the difference between an amazing photo and a just a so so photo. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like some of the stuff you did with arms and stuff, like I remember you saying in the shoot, you're like, this is going to feel super awkward, but it's going to look really good. And so I was like, okay. And there was a few things where like, it felt kind of funny. You're like, what is this going to look like? And then you see it after and you're like, I look amazing. Like I need to always hold my arms like that. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I'm just going to lean against the wall when you want to take my picture. Thank you very much. (laughs) Right. Totally. (laughs) Lean against the wall with my arm kind of tucked back a little, my chin down. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you love most about being a photographer? Oh, wow. Everything. (laughs) You know, I love that I get to be creative. I love that. And this probably goes back to me, you know, being the social worker in the end, which in, you know, I was probably trying to fix myself and my family when I chose to be a social worker, but I have that in me and I get to make women feel and look beautiful for a living. Like 
it's just the coolest thing. You know, I get to make my own hours. I get to create family heirloom for people. Gosh, I, like I mentioned, I get to help people make more money from having professional photos. And you know what I love now with, I didn't think that I would love before is the business part of it. Like the networking part of it. And I don't know, just the business part of it has really grown on me. And now that I'm confident enough and comfortable enough to say what my pricing is and that I'm comfortable with, you know, charging people for, for what I do and confidence has grown. I really love that part of it as well. Right. That establishing value in your work is is so huge. Something that I've learned are the things that I don't enjoy doing. Like my bookkeeping, I hired a bookkeeper. Like there are certain things that I hate packaging my products when for print products, like I (laughs) hate it. So I outsource it now. I have someone else do it. Like the things I don't love, I don't do. And the things I love, then I have more time to do those things, which ultimately makes my business better. And that's so crucial. As we were talking about earlier, being so intentional with your time, it's like, don't you don't have the time to waste on packaging product. (laughs) Like, that's not a good use of your time or your talent. It doesn't make sense for you to be doing that. So that's really great delineation that you've made where it's like, you have to really pick and choose. How am I going to spend my time and what is going to be like the most productive and the most give you the most options and opportunity for growth. So yeah, and same with with being a mom is, you know, going to the grocery store just isn't fitting in my schedule anymore. So <laughs> for grocery delivery companies, I mean, why yes. did I start doing that sooner? We do you guys use what do you use for grocery delivery? Amazon Fresh. It's only okay. tried so far. We use Instacart. Instacart. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. They've been adding more. So they like you can get Costco delivery. You can get I usually do PCC, but you can do PCC, Whole Foods. No way. For those of you who are not in the area, PCC is like a mini local version of Whole Foods, which and I highly prefer it to Whole Foods. And then they also have QFC, Safeway, Fred Meyer. It's cool. And they might even have like, there was something else was it like Home Depot or Cash and Carry and like a pet store and maybe even like a Home Depot. Or so I don't know. They have like a bunch of stores on there. So I'm a huge Instacart person. All right. I'm you, check yeah, it out. So you have to check it out. You probably so me. Tell us about how you see motherhood and your work as a photographer evolving down the road? You know, I'm hopeful that I'll continue just working out an even better balance than what I have now. And I mean, I'm not a stay at home mom. It's just not my thing. So I continue to, I plan on and I will continue growing my business and also balancing with being a mom. I mean, I see more of the same, except I'm going to have that little cottage on a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love that. Our goal with Dan and I is for him to kind of go off on his own. He's an electrician. So if anyone needs an electrician in the Seattle area, he's (laughs) he's a perfectionist. But, you know, our goal is for him to go off on his own so that we can, in the winter, if we want, go to Costa Rica for a month with Van. You know, we can spend time in Michigan. We can go to, to Italy if we want. And then also to do dream destination shoots is something I'm going to adding now is when we do travel of making it a work slash personal trip. Right. Like recently I was or in April, I was working in Paris with Sue, with my mentor, and I had people book photo shoots while I was there. So people did their dream photo shoot in Paris instead of doing it in my studio in Seattle. So Oh, so cool. (laughs) Finding my travel passion. Like, oh, I would love if someone wanted to do a shoot in Iceland or Morocco or, you know, so cool. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And how is traveling without Van to do the big shoots like that? Oh, did he do Paris with you? No, that was before I had him. That was in April. Oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Yep. I haven't left him yet. I actually went to LA for work recently and he came with me and I, a friend flew down with me and watched him for me. That's cool. I'm not ready to leave him yet. Yeah. I I thought that I would like be okay doing like a one or two day thing when Vinny was a baby. And then it got to be the point where I was going to do it. And I was like, no, I'm canceling that. Like I canceled like, and then I was like, I'll do it in three months. And then I canceled it again. And then finally, I finally, like when he was nine months old, I was like, so by the way, I'm just not doing this trip. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, we'll just call it off. (laughs) We're just not doing it. So tell us about how you are a shameless mom. Oh man. You know, it's funny because I, (laughs) I was, shopping for wine. And I'm like, I'm just only going to get screw off caps because it's easier to open <laughs> totally. <one> him, <laughs> you know, so screw the corks these days. You know, like I said, I'm just, I'm just not the stay at home mom kind of person. Like I have so much love and my baby will be the most loved kid in the world. And we will have so much amazing quality time, but I am not willing to give up who I am as a woman and a photographer and a wife and a friend and 
you know, I will go have my girls nights and I, I just really firmly believe in being who I am in my soul as well as being a mom. I love that. And I love that that is so clear for you that you are not cut out to be a stay at home mom. Cause I feel like I tried to force that. Like I thought, Oh, I'll build the gym in a way that like it can run without me so I can be home with my child all day. And then I did that for four months and it was like torture and not because of my child. I mean, my child, we had all these feeding things going on and it was just stressful because of that. But it was just like, I need to be working and I need to be serving other people outside of my family. And that it took me a while to get really clear with that. And it sounds like you knew that from the get go and you're following that gut instinct. And I felt like I didn't follow my gut on that initially. And it took me a little longer to figure it out. So that's, I love that you are following that vision with a lot of clarity and and not questioning yourself. Tell us about the legacy you're building. You know, oh gosh. I mean, I have like these two parts in my head that are like the legacy I'm building for other people, like through photographs and my business and everything. And then I have the legacy that I'm building for van, you know, for my son, like yes. it's cool to say that I have a son and I want him to be the type of person that first of all, does what he loves and monetizes it. And, you know, I want him to be the type of person that other people want to be around. You know, I want him to be someone that is kind and respectful and fun and stands up for himself and, I think that hopefully he'll be that person if we show him those things. And if we are that, you know, if we are that type of person, but you know what I mean? I hope. Right, right. If you instill those values. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's a much better. (laughs) We want to instill those values in him. And, you know, I just, I want, I want him to, I don't want him to succumb to, you know, I go to college and I get a career, even though I don't like it. And, you know, I just unhappy, but don't know how to make change. You know, I think there are a lot of people who are kind of stuck in this, maybe a job they don't love or somewhere they don't like living or whatever, but it's, you know, hard to make that change. And so they just don't, I want him to be in a place where he truly does have a life that he loves and a life that he created. That was, is the perfect life for him. And, you know, that's kind of what I want for my own life. And I'm pretty damn close. So it's, you know, I just, I want him to have the same thing. I love that. And what's the legacy you're building with your photography? Oh, man. You know, I just, in the end, photographs are going to outlive us. They really are, whether it's for personal reasons or professional reasons. Photographs are, they tell a story. You know, they tell a story of what it was like for you when, you know, let's say you had photos done when you were in the heat of the four months of trying to feed Vinny. And you look back at that and it just, it takes you back to a time and a place you know, and when I'm looking at your photo on the screen right now with the purple top, when you're leaning against the wall and it's like, you were in the process of starting shameless mom at that moment. Like, you know, when you had that photo done and there's just, every photo is so representative of a time in your life. And I don't know, I just think it's so cool to look back on that and for everyone to have that. And I don't know. Well, I love that. And that's such a good point. And I think that, you know, I have with music, like a certain song will come on. I have this, I have this with Neil Diamond, like a Neil Diamond song will come on. And I'm like, immediately, I'm like eight years old again in my, in my living room with like my mom making dinner in the kitchen because we only listened to Neil Diamond in my house growing up. (laughs) So it's funny how like music can take you back like that or even certain smells. But I think that photos are very powerful in that same way that you see a photo. And especially if it's one that you haven't seen in a long time where you're, you immediately are like, oh my gosh, remember? I mean, Facebook memories is like perfect for this where you're like, wow, like, remember where I was four years ago today? Like, that's just crazy. I haven't thought about that in four years. Totally. So I think that's so powerful. One more thing too is, is if I could be an inspiration to someone. I mean, I was in, a, I was a social worker. I was burned out. I was miserable, you know, and if I can inspire one person to just get out there and do what it is you truly love. Like, how cool would that be? You know? Yeah. And you're mentoring photographers now, aren't you? I am. Yes. So yeah. So I'll make sure in the show notes, where, and I was just about to ask you where we can find you. But for those of you who like, if you're an aspiring photographer, you should definitely check out Nikki's information on our site about that. Because just like I know, Sue has mentored you so powerfully. I know that as you're starting to do that with other photographers, I know you'll have a really similar impact. So I definitely want to send any aspiring photographers your direction. And go to SueBrice.com. Her education, actually for any business person, you don't have to be a photographer. She has an education website. And like I was telling you about how learning about my value and, you know, just pricing and all that. Anyways, any business person. Okay, that's a great note. 
we'll have that linked up as well. So all of the links, I'm going to ask you for some more links in a second here, but all the links that Nikki has mentioned will be over at shamelessmom.com. And if you hop over to episode 84 for our show notes, you'll see all the links. So go ahead and tell us where we can find you online. Sure. It's nikkiclosser.com. So just my name. And then on Facebook, it's Nikki Closser Photography. And Instagram is Nikki Closser. Again, my name. Cool. Awesome. And you'll want to see just following your photography is so fun because you have so many gorgeous pictures. People should go to your website to see your before and after. This is like what inspired me. The before and after pictures are so amazing. When you took a picture of people coming into your studio and then what they were like after. And I think there was also, I watched a video. I don't know if it's still up on your site of someone actually going through a shoot. Is that still there? It is still there. I'm in the process of redoing my website, which I'm excited about on the end of November. Oh, nice. The before and afters are really great. And one of the reasons I think I don't put them up there to be like, oh, look how bad they look before. Like, it's just to show because people were starting to tell me you only photograph models. They're like, you just photograph models. I'm like, I swear I don't. I'm photographing crazy <laughs> down the street. Like, and right. so, you know, with permission, people let me put the before and afters just to show that, you know, anyone can yeah. have a beautiful photo. Oh, totally. It's really cool. And then the video, that was like a huge selling point for me because I watched the experience, like watching that experience on video where it shows someone getting prepped in hair and makeup and then going through the whole shoot. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to experience that. Like it wasn't even about getting a headshot anymore. I was like, I just want to like treat myself to this powerful life experience. And that was, I mean, it was absolutely exactly what everything I had hoped for and more. So that was really cool too. So let's go ahead. Do you have a minute to do our lightning round? I know we're a little over time. I do. No, I'm good. Okay, cool. All right. So let's do the shameless mommy minute. So let's start. We already know that you're a wine fan. Let's start with red wine or white wine. Both. I I (laughs) go back and forth. I just filled up a six pack at QFC the other day, three red, three white. (laughs) Nice. Oh, 50, 50. Well done. The current book you're reading or the last one you read? The last book I read was Monique and the Mango Rains. And I'm drawing a blank at the author, but it's about a woman who was in the Peace Corps and she, her job was to help the like, town midwife in Mali in Africa. Oh my gosh. Especially after just having a baby. It is so intense. It's really good. Wow. Is it fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so cool. I will link to that in the show notes. I think she wrote it in like 2000 or something. So it's yeah, okay. such a good book. Oh, very cool. What is your favorite non-work related thing to do with time to yourself? I already talked about travel. So roller skating. Oh, fun. Definitely very roller fun. skating. What's one morning ritual you can't live without? Brushing my teeth. <laughs> nice. Good answer. <laughs> no one said that before. And that's kind of an essential one. Like the first thing I do when I wake up. <laughs> Me too. I walk like straight into the bathroom. Let's do this. What, who is your biggest inspiration? Well, Sue Bryce, obviously my mentor, but my other one is Dolly Parton. Oh, so I fun. love Dolly Parton. She is who she is and she does not apologize for it. She's- so she was here recently. Did you see her? No, I was so bummed. Oh. And if you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? To be able to put their baby to sleep in 30 seconds flat. And I, yes, (laughs) because that is the heart. That is the one thing that we have struggled. Like that's van is so great in every way. So he just does not want to sleep. And so that would be my superpower. That's so great. Do you follow Rebecca Mickey? No, but I will. She's a sleep specialist. I interviewed her. So you should listen to that episode. I haven't that one. I'll have to do that. And then she also, I like stalked her on Facebook when Vinny was a baby, especially through any sleep transitions. She just has really great advice and she doesn't do any cry it out. So it's all like super in tune with what your baby needs and how you like, if you feel something feels uncomfortable for you, like don't do it. If your gut tells you like, don't let your baby scream, don't let your baby scream. So, but she has a lot of really great tips and I like totally, she has a lot of stuff now on her website. Initially when I followed her, she was doing everything through Facebook Q and A's, which was awesome. But now she's done like blog posts for I think like any baby sleeping condition you could imagine. So I'll email you that link. Do you remember which number it is? Uh, I can find it. I'll link it in the show notes here. And I'll also I don't remember off the top of my head, but I will. Uh, I'll make sure that I email it over to you. And then for those of you who haven't listened in, I'll make sure I link it up in the show notes so you can find it easily for any of those who also have baby sleep issues going on. So Nikki, this was so fun. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I know your time is limited. So thanks for making this a priority. 
Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Nikki. I had so much fun talking to her. I've been dying to catch up since she became a mom. I have had so many questions for her. So it was really, really fun for me to connect with her again and talk about her experience in motherhood and how she is managing that amazing transition, amazing but challenging transition with entrepreneurship and motherhood. And it seems like she's doing such a phenomenal job. So this was a real treat for me. And I hope that you had a great time too. I hope you all will go book photo shoots if you're not in Seattle or in Plymouth, please do find someone in your area who can create an amazing shoot experience for you or follow Nikki's dreams and hire her to come join you in Morocco or Iceland. (laughs) So remember, you can find links to connect with Nikki over at shamelessmom.com if you pop over to episode 84. Additionally, if this is your first time listening, know that we have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can subscribe by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. So on that link, that will take you into iTunes. You can subscribe to our show, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're released. You can also leave a review. So if you loved the interview with Nikki, you can say, hey, I just listened to the interview with Nikki. It was phenomenal. I loved it. It was so great. I'm so inspired by these amazing moms or you can make up something else too. But that's just a little something to get you started. So remember that my reviews are my ratings and they help me get more listeners because my show gets more highly ranked the more reviews I have. So please show me some love over on that review page. I really, really appreciate it. Additionally, you can find us on social media. I'm over on Instagram and Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy, posting all sorts of awkward comments that my child makes and sometimes cute pictures, sometimes not so cute pictures over on Instagram. So additionally, you can find me on social media on Facebook and Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm there frequently. I spend more time than I should on social media. And because I love it, it's so addicting. But I truly feel like I get to connect with my listeners that way. So I really, really enjoy it. So please do find me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram so we can connect that way. So you can read my stories. I do my best to post lots of embarrassing Vinny stories and a few embarrassing photos every now and then. So uh, please pop on over so we can connect there. And I can't wait to talk to you again in a couple days. Until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking